This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. Awesome. Good. Are we doing good this morning? Yes. Great. Uh, maybe like me, you have a beard and the mask thing is now going to determine how long your beard should or shouldn't be. Uh, I'm not going to determine who I'm, gonna t- who I'm talking to in the room. That's up to you to decide whether you have a beard or not. Um, great. I- I've been loving this series. Church is kind of like, actually just kind of strumming things back and going, what is church? You know, we thought about church is people, not a building. We thought about church is home. Church is a team. Church is a family. Church is a transformative community. And uh, yeah, this morning, I want to, um, uh, uh, sorry, just before I jump into what I'm going to say this morning, maybe for you, actually, in this time, in this series, there's been some things dispelled in your mind, some things awoken in your mind, awakened, awoken, you can decide what's right, um, with, when it comes to your perceptions of, of who church is, that's you, um, and as Jeff alluded to earlier, the millions of people on this planet that also call themselves the church, which is pretty cool. And, um, but actually then what church is and what that looks like to be the church. So this morning as we finish the series, I want us to think about the church is healthy. The church is healthy. And uh, maybe there's a bunch of things spinning around your mind now about what healthy is. And uh, maybe for some of you, um, I'm not going to suggest that you're judgmental, but you look at me and go, I'm not sure how healthy you are. Um, but that's up to you. One person laughed. Oh, you're like, no, nobody's thinking that. Uh, it's a very slimming shirt. Check works for you. Um, you. You've clearly not put on any corona weight. Thank you. Uh, I heard that was someone in, in the congregation. You just didn't hear them. Uh, maybe on the live stream, you're also thinking that. But when you think of the word healthy, for me, what I always think when I think people talk about healthiness, or they talk about getting healthy, maybe you think about January, the gym, juice fast, like basically putting everything in a blender, you know, what's that? It's just like, how do we restart everything into just mush? Because apparently that makes it healthy. Turns out if you blend a Happy Meal in a blender, that doesn't necessarily make it healthy, okay? Don't like walk into it. What have you got this morning? I've got a cheeseburger, chips, and a milkshake, all in one. Healthy. Maybe that's not you. That's something we've done in youth in the past. Um, and uh, But may, I think about this. I think about cauliflower pizzas, okay? Is anyone aware of a cauliflower pizza? And it's not a pizza. You see, it's, can I just dispel a quick myth? It's not a pizza with cauliflower on it. No, no, it's worse. Um, it's actually a pizza made from the base is made of cauliflower. There it is. It looks so appetizing, doesn't it? It looks so appetizing. Actually, when you you know zoom in on, on that picture, what you can see is it's not a, a nice doughy base. <laughs> Sorry if you're gluten-free. Um, a nice doughy base, but it's actually mushed up cauliflower, tempered out into some form of circle-based shape, and then beautiful things are put on top of it. Well, I knew someone who once did this, and they were on some sort of health kick, and they made a cauliflower pizza. And on the instructions of kind of their diet plan was use the cauliflower pizza, make this base, they spent hours crushing cauliflower, and then you can put whatever topping you want on it. How good is that? So they put a whole Domino's pizza on top of it. Um, 
So there you go. That's where you can kind of bend the rules when it comes to healthy. Maybe for you, healthy means a list of doing stuff. It's like, here's a, here's a list of things I now have to do. And I have to get up 43 minutes early to do it every day. And if I stand in this position or if I don't sit down at work for some of the time, but I do a standing desk and, you know, all these kind of ideas. And I'm not here to tell you which is right or wrong. Just, you know, some of them look weird. Um, but maybe for you, the word healthy is, is something to do or something to strive for or this never-ending goal that, that isn't there. But this morning, I want us to think about healthy in a different way. Maybe for you, you think about healthy as whole or sorted or fixed or, you know, kind of done like, you know, finished article. Well, this morning, that's not the kind of healthy that we're talking about. We want to talk about healthy this morning as growing. Healthy is growing. Um, you know, we're, we're, we are all broken people and we live in a broken world. But Jesus invites into a life of growth, not a static life. The church is a family to be part of, not just to survive in, but to thrive. That actually, it's, it's not about having it all together. It's not about um, actually coming through the door and going, I'm sorted. But it's actually about a journey of growth, a journey with God, a journey of growing. And the church has a leader, and Jesus is that leader um, of the global church. That actually, he is the example of what it is to be a human as he walked on earth. And so we're going to look at that this morning, like what it actually looked like as Jesus. What is it like to live this healthy life, being a healthy church? But it says this in Ephesians 1, verses 22 to 23. The house is kind of build this picture of church and Jesus leading it. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body, and it is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. So if you want fullness, if you want completeness, not like right now, but actually Jesus on this journey to help us grow and be healthy and to a point we're actually, the only way to be full or complete is in him. And in eternity, that is with him. But while we are here on this earth, that is the journey we are going on with him. Following his leadership. Being part of this church that is his body. This local expression of that in East Lancashire. But also this wider body that is around the globe. We get to go on a journey to draw closer to Jesus. To become more like him. This example of what it was to be a human as he lived and walked on the earth 2,000 years ago. Maybe some of you are now asking the question, but it says in multiple of the Gospels, in Matthew and Mark, and I think also John, that it says that Jesus came for the sick. So hold on a second here. Like, aren't we supposed to remain sick? Well, it says in Mark 2 verse 17 this, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. So what's Jesus saying here? He's referring, this sick that he refers to, it's not just those of us that may be physically ill, but those that need him. The righteous he refers to is those who have decided, I am sorted. I have got this. I am whole on my own. In the words of Atomic Kitten, I was whole again. Um, that's for the, for the older people. Um, <laughs> that it's actually this image of a spiritual journey 
that actually when we recognize that we need Jesus, we need him to become whole in eternity, that actually we get to go on this journey with him. Jesus come for those who recognize that we need him. And I want to encourage you this morning, it's a good thing to say, I need Jesus. That actually, not just, maybe it's your first time in church. Maybe you're like, I've been coming to church like 20, 30 years. Wherever we're at on our journey, every day is, I need Jesus. I need Jesus' help to become more like him. To be truly what it is to be human. You know, and also some people might say, well, the church is like a hospital. The church is a hospital. Some people say that. But I'd like to suggest that the church has a hospital wing. That actually this is a space to grow and thrive and develop. Because actually in this kind of bigger sense of this idea of sickness and hospital, not just those that are physically ill, that's not where you want to live forever. Actually Jesus wants to take you from that place of utter brokenness into a place of growth and health. And I just want to make a comment for those who do have challenges of physical sickness, which we all have at some point in life, but actually serious physical sickness. And maybe even for those people that we know of that are in physical hospital, and actually that is probably for the rest of their life. I know amazing stories of people that have actually said, this is, um, because I know I'm in hospital for life, like actual physical hospital, I'm going to make this where church is for me. And actually they've reached out to people, advanced God's kingdom in that space. But this morning, I really want us to understand this is a metaphor and understand what Jesus is trying to communicate something bigger about a need for him and a need for him to help us. Jesus doesn't want us to stay sick, stay where we are, stay where we started with him. Albert Einstein said this. I absolutely love this quote. It's going to be on the screen. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's a great picture. He's such a lad. Uh, you all think scientists are boring. There you go. Um, maybe you have a different opinion after they're on TV every night. Um, but this, that, I, I love that quote because actually this displays what Jesus... You know, Jesus doesn't want us to stay sick. Jesus doesn't want us to stay where we started with him. And if we just keep repeating the same year on year, and maybe this year's had a bit more spice for us because, you know, it's a bit different. We can't repeat the same thing we've done every year. And so maybe, just maybe, can I suggest that instead of this season, this COVID thing becoming um, just um, a depressant for us, which it's had challenges for all of us in so many different ways, actually it's an opportunity to press reset on why we do what we do and why we live like we live and what the church is and what it looks like to be the church. Maybe for some of us, we can allow that to stir us into a place of moving forward, growing beyond where we've been before. Because Jesus is inviting us into a, into a healthy life, a life of growth. Life to the full, as it says in John 10.10. 10. You know, we're called Life Church. Maybe you noticed. There's a small sign above the door. Um, maybe you haven't realized that before. Well, I just wanted to point that out. To do what he does, to live life and life to the full, to follow his ways, to be the church, to move from a consumer to a contributor, to act justly, love mercy, and serve humbly. 
These are the kind of things that the Bible talks about. These are the kind of things that Jesus exemplified of what it is to follow him, to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. The disciples, these first followers of Jesus, were just people. And I know we don't like to say just, because we don't like to say just pray. We're not going to just pray. But actually, when we say they were just ordinary people like us in a space, and they were people who just kept saying yes to Jesus. It's saying, Jesus, I need you, and I want to be part of what you're up to. That was, that's a healthy attitude towards following Jesus. And then these men and women went on to be some of the most influential people in the world because if you haven't picked it up by now, the biggest movement the planet Earth has ever seen is called the church. And it was started by this kind of ragtag bunch of randomers from up north, if you want to join that, um, just kind of a few thousand miles that way. Um, and they went on to change the world because they decided we're going to be the church wherever we go. As far scattered as we are scattered, that's where we are going to be the church. And even when we fall down, even but you're like, oh, I make mistakes. I sometimes feel like I've, I've kind of, you know, I feel sick sometimes or kind of that metaphor. If we make mistakes, we fall down, we get it wrong. Hello, everybody. But, but that doesn't mean we go back to the hospital bed. That means we're where we are, we've fallen down, and we let Jesus pick us up. It's kind of like we say, Jesus, I need you. Maybe you've seen where this is going. That actually healthy church is, is, is the people, is us, saying, actually, Jesus, I need you every day. I need you on this journey, whether I fall down or I'm, I'm at my best and everything in between. That actually, I'm choosing to follow you wherever you're leading, wherever you're, wherever you're taking me. And actually, that's what it is to be healthy, to be growing with God. I don't just want to be someone who encounters God, encounters Jesus, encounters his church and stays the same. That's the beautiful thing about churches. We get to kind of go on this journey together. You know, so if you're not engaged in a service team or a life group, and that's not just because we want more people to do stuff. They are spaces to be sharpened by each other, to grow together. To make friends who are like, these are the kind of people who are going to text us when we're at our worst and celebrate with us when we're at our best. And we get to be part of a healthy church. We get to choose together whether this is going to be a healthy church. Because if the church is the people, then the health is determined by the people. Yes, there is some of us who are leading in different areas as a senior leadership team, as department leaders, life group leaders. Yes, and we're called to be an example in that. But it's all of our decision to actually choose to do that. And that's what I encourage this morning. A healthy church is a growing church in number, but also as individuals. Jesus' life exemplified that. Luke 2.52 says this about Jesus. It's a beautiful verse. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Short and long of that is he grew in every single part of his life. That, that's basically the, the headline there. So it's like, if this guy, as a young guy, Jesus, if he is the example, he is God incarnate, he is God on earth, he is the example to us, did it, then he's showing us how to do it. Jesus is inviting us to be that family, to, to this to be home, to be a transformative community, to be a team on mission together, growing and becoming more healthy together, being the church wherever we find ourselves. So I've got a few thoughts about a healthy church. These are a few. There's some. I'd like to use the word some. I'm sure we could list many, many things that would say this is, this is what healthiness looks like. Uh, the first one is this. is praise with passion. It's kind of like, yes, I will. 
in the lowest valley. Uh, oh, yeah, we just sang it. That actually it's choosing to praise no matter what happens. Choosing to praise no matter what comes our way. Choosing to magnify God and saying, God, I'm putting you above the situation. You know, why do we worship at the start of our gathered on a Sunday? It's because we all come with our stuff from the week. We all come with our challenges because it's called life. But then it helps us put it in perspective and actually go, actually God, actually I'm trusting you with this. I'm putting you in your place. I'm saying, God, you're bigger than this. And when we start praising God, it gives perspective to our situation. I love that praise can be our first response. There's a great story in the Bible called, uh, by two guys, Paul and Silas. Basically, they were reaching out to some people. They were being in the church. They saw this really cool miracle. This demon was cast out of this girl. It's awesome. Go check out in Acts 16 in your Bibles at some point. Not right now. And, um, and there's this moment where they've been put in prison for doing the right thing, for being in the church, and there's a whole other message somewhere. But it says this, and about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, worship songs, praise songs, whatever you want to call it, to God, and other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. All at once, all the prison doors flew open. Everyone's chains came loose. Amazing moment. The, the verses just before that talk about how they were arrested. The next thing we know about them is their praising. Their first response was praise. Praise is key to seeing our breakthrough. Praise keeps us healthy because it's about perspective with our view on life and God. And what's cool is in a healthy church, we celebrate with those who celebrate. But also we weep with those who weep. And so my second thought is this, and maybe you, you may be like, this is a bit random. It's this, it's lament in the lows. Lament in the lows. In this season, we could probably all say that we maybe sadly for some of us, we've lost someone due to COVID, like someone related to us or a friend, or we've lost something. And I don't mean we lost our phone. I mean like we've been building something, maybe we're involved in a business or even just in the work that we do, the stuff that we've been building, the stuff that we've been developing because we're investing in our work or with our family, or whatever it might be, we've lost something along the way. And sometimes, in our society, the temptation that we have to do is, because we live in a quick-click culture, and basically, what COVID showed us, it seems, is that the answer to most of our problems is order it from Amazon. Because Amazon became one of the most fastest-growing employers during COVID, because they took on way more drivers. I don't know if you know their names, but they probably come regularly to your house. It'd be good to get to know them, share Jesus with them, so on and so forth. But Amazon is not the answer. We've got to choose to make a decision to go actually, right now, and this is what lament means, is to grieve, to express sorrow, and to mourn. So actually choose to actually, we need to recognize, we need to have a conversation with God and say, God, I have lost that thing. God, that thing is... That I need to recognize that. I need to have a conversation with you. And the thing is about churches, we're not doing it on our own. We need to have conversations. Those kind of saying, actually, because for some of us, we're like, I don't want to lament. I don't want to grieve because I don't want to get stuck in a pity pit. That's definitely me sometimes. I'm like, I don't want to get stuck in a pit of pity and then just live there. But that's why we do it together. 
That's why we say, and that's why we have a conversation with God, because God is not going to let us stay there. We have to recognize and then move forward. Maybe for some of us, words, we feel like we're too busy to lament. But I want to encourage you, we must remember those people, we must remember those things, but then also take steps forward. Because actually, if we don't grieve or lament properly, things become bitter, things become festered, and they're never really dealt with properly. They're put under the carpet, that kind of old illustration. That lump under the carpet just becomes bigger because we've not dealt with it. If we don't involve God, if we don't take those steps forward, God helps us on that journey. That's, that's healthy because it's actually part of our journey. It's our journey we've gone. That's what a healthy church does. We lament in the lows, then we move forward. I want to um, show us um, a short video of someone's story and uh, the journey they went on with this. So fix your eyes on the screen, please. My mom is Ethiopian. My dad's uh, British. I grew up in Ethiopia. I spent the first eight years of my life in Ethiopia. My dad, who he was an engineer in Ethiopia, and he'd worked with a number of organizations helping develop water. He was working in that and had a conference in Kenya. And on his trip to Kenya, the airline that he was on was hijacked and crashed um, in Madagascar off the Comoros Islands. We, we found out that um, the plane had crashed because a family friend called us that night and she said, have you seen the news? Have you seen the news? And we, we, we went into the living room, turned on the TV and the, the plane that my dad was on was live on TV in the water and we were waiting, like, that was probably the hardest thing, and I think I've only realized now um, that that was probably a big thing that impacted me, was still um, still thinking he might come back, and still waiting, and I think it was a week or so later that we realized he, he, he'd passed away, um, and it's like, your dad is your everything. It's it's your 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 legs are knocked out from within you. One of the air hostesses had survived the crash, and she'd mentioned that even in those last moments, he'd stood up and shared his faith. I'd always have that in in my mind. I think that this was for him something he gave his everything for, um, and even in those last moments of of life was up for sharing that good news of Jesus. And it triggered a question in my mind, which was, what does it mean to actually live this out like my father had? So first thing was, is it real? How, how do we even know this is true? And I began asking questions. I began just um, reading, praying, and in, in doing all that, it just um, it began to be real for me. It being the comfort and faithfulness he'd shown when I lost my dad at eight, nine years old, I feel I didn't really engage with it till I was like 18. Being 18 years old, wanting my life to count for something, I knew that following Jesus was what it was about. And I begin thinking, what I do now is so that others know Jesus. That's where it begins. And living in a way that is about loving God and serving others is, is is the response to 
this good news of, of Jesus for me. That for me was the step into returning back to Ethiopia and um, beginning business startups in, in Ethiopia. The, the main thing I'm involved in is building this waste to energy facility. So we will take um, about 95% of the city's waste and process it into energy. I just love that picture of taking waste and turning it to energy. It's redeeming something. I want to be able to be someone who brings things to life that impact the masses. Amazing. So that's Caleb's story. And what I love about his story is that, yes, he grieved. Yes, they mourned as a family. But then he was like, right, God's got, some, God's got more for me in the future. You know, I'm going to move past that. I'm going to journey past that. And um, very sadly, earlier this year, uh, Caleb passed away himself in a bad car accident in Ethiopia. And um, as I watched the funeral online um, over Instagram and those other platforms that were doing it, Yes, I grieved that someone I knew had died, but then I realized that as his funeral, as people were celebrating his life, it wasn't just some story of a guy who got locked up in the past. It was a story of a guy who was propelled by the past into a, into a better future. And actually, he, his life then inspired me because it just, it just made me think, actually, there's more to do for Jesus. There's more opportunity here. And so actually, it's healthy to go through that process, but then move forward. If we don't involve God, we'll probably end up blaming God. And uh, the final two things of this, and the band will come, come and join me in just a moment. When life hits, we need to know that we can lean on God. We need to lean into God. That's what a healthy church does. Whatever we are facing... Whatever is coming our way, we know that we can lean into him and rest into him. Maybe for you, actually, the idea of leaning sounds lazy. Or it sounds like, actually, leaning? That sounds a bit like not very proactive. But as a proactive decision to go, actually, I'm leaning into God. I'm resting in him. I'm trusting him for the way forward. One of my favorite verses, my, my grandparents probably said this before, they always wrote it in the front of every single Bible they ever bought for me. It says in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord your God with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. There's a proactiveness in leaning, in trusting in God for what he has got for us, where he is leading us, and actually this journey of growth as we follow Jesus. We get to lean into Jesus at all times. The highs, lows, and the in-betweens. And so to be healthy, to be a healthy church, we need to lean into God. We need to praise with passion. We need to lament in the lows. We need to lean into God. And then finally, I just want to remind you of what those verses say in Ephesians 1. That God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body and is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things with himself. Jesus is the one who leads the church. Jesus is the one who has the authority. Jesus is the one who knows best. And he wants his church to grow. He wants his church to be healthy. He wants us to thrive and not just survive. And I'll finish with this thought. I've shared it before, maybe a couple of years ago, but there's this kind of thing that flies around sometimes of, 
What's the priority in life? What's the priority in life? You know, if you're a Christian, okay, Jesus is number one now. Then is it like my family? Then is it church? Then is it work? You know, like where do all these things sit? And I, I always used to struggle with that. And I found it really unhelpful, if I'm completely honest. And then someone said to me one day, that's just like really unhelpful. Here's a better way to think about it. What if you just made Jesus number one in church? Jesus number one in work? Jesus number one in family? Jesus number one in friends? Jesus number one in every single part of our lives? Healthy churches keep Jesus in the center. Keep Jesus right bang smack at the center. That's how we stay healthy. We are healthiest when we continue to follow Jesus, when we make him number one in every decision, when we say, Jesus, I need you, because Jesus is the one who knows us best. He created us, and actually, he is served, he, he died, sorry, he died and did that sacrifice so that we could be free, so that we could live a life where we put him first. It is Jesus who made a way for us to be the church. Because of his death on the cross, because he rose from the dead three days later, that's what enables the church to be the church. Because the first message that we see preached by as the church, and as the church grows, and you see it in Acts 1, if you want to read it in the Bible, and Acts Acts 1 and Acts 2, is Peter stands up and he preaches Jesus. He preaches the gospel. He preaches what Jesus has done. He preaches the cross and the resurrection. A healthy church isn't about having it all together. It's about going, Jesus, I need you. I need you every day. I need to keep following you. I need to follow your ways. Because actually that's what helps us to be a family. That's what helps other people to find home here. Not just in this space, but as a community. That's what reminds us that it's people and not a building. That's what reminds us we get to be part of a team with Jesus. We're up to something with Jesus because he is leading us. And that's what enables us to be a transformative community that impacts our neighbors, nation, and the nations. To live life and life to the full. Because Jesus is the one that's given us life. Jesus is the one that enables us to have life. And Jesus is the one that actually in our future, he has life for us. And so if the church is healthy, don't worry about cauliflower pizzas and blended drinks. Do your health kicks, go for it, knock yourself out. But make Jesus number one in everything. And allow that to lead to us having life and life to the full. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via at lifelanks on social media or our website, lifelanks.org. Life Church, impacting our neighbours, our nation and the nations with the good news about Jesus.